welcome to the Money Wise Women Show, brought to you by MoneyMorphosis.com. Are you ready to be inspired to upgrade your financial skills? Listen to feminine leaders sharing practical advice and valuable insights. Shift your money mindset, improve communication skills, and learn financial management tips. Although we do not provide investment advice, you can check out MoneyMorphosis.com. That's money com to find simple ways to boost your true wealth. Welcome to the show. This is Crystal Arnold, your hostess and founder of Money Morphosis. So many of you may um, realize that a lot is shifting for women uh, stepping into greater leadership and power with their own finances. It's amazing to think of just um, generations, several generations ago where women could not own property or have um, a great deal of autonomy or authority over their own finances and resources. And so we really have come a long, long way um, as women towards uh, making um, more empowered choices with our lives and what we want to create. And so I've I've found that many, many uh, purpose-driven entrepreneurs who I work with often either focus primarily on kind of the more spiritual mindset affirmations uh, piece of transformation, or um, some people are more practical and really, you know, all, all about the, the specific steps of financial management and the numbers and those things. And I uh, am, am so excited to have our guest on today who really blends these two approaches um, in in some very effective ways to uh, catalyze transformation and greater wealth and prosperity for her clients. So let me introduce you to Kimberly Adams. She is a speaker and business and wealth coach. She is passionate about helping others create the wealth, abundance, and lifestyle they want and deserve. Kim's background includes over 30 years in business and tax fields, as well as personal transformation and personal growth. She is considered a money mindset expert with many certifications in coaching and other transformational modalities. And you can visit her createtotalwealth.com website to find out more. And I just feel like this is such important work that you're offering, uh, Kimberly, and would love to begin by hearing a little bit more about um, what you find most exciting about uh, the work that you do. So welcome to the show. Thanks for being here with us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Crystal. Um, I am really excited to be here, and I uh, especially am uh, excited because I really have been so drawn to work with women lately. Um, You were so right in just talking about the whole uh, women empowerment, how women are just, there's a a special time in um, our, well, it's a special time right now where women are just really rising up and owning their power. Uh, around so many things, including <laughs> including their money and their finances. So, um, yeah, I have been really, um, you know, as I mentioned, I have a long history in the traditional financial world, but also have been pulled so much into the inner game of wealth. And um, I really have uh, latched on to this inner aspect of it, um, just realizing that we, you know, we are really the creators of everything in our physical world, um, and including our money and our financial situation. So um, it's usually the work that I do with clients right now is working with their inner game um, aspects, which gets into mindset, um, 
you know, reprogramming subconscious programming and early childhood program because so much of our um, attitudes and beliefs around money start in childhood. And so um, that's a big issue for most people and helping people identify with those, uh, identifying the blocks and the obstacles and then helping them clear them. Um, it really is foundational and where I think a lot of it starts. So I feel that when you work on your inner game and clear a lot of this negative programming, then you naturally are attracted to the strategies and the right people seem to show up in your life to help you manage your money. And so the actual hardcore stuff uh, is still important. We still need that. It's more applicable after you have cleared some of the inner game stuff, if that makes sense. <laughs> oh, totally. I absolutely <laughs> agree. <It's, laughs> I've seen it again and again, you know, it's like you really, uh, yeah, the change begins within and, uh, and I'm so glad you because brought up that. Was, yeah. I was going to say, because if, if it was just a matter of having the strategies and the actual knowledge then every accountant and financial planner you know would be wealthy, and that's not the case. So <laughs> that's proof right there. <laughs> the industry secret. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, because it, that feeling of not a, not or that feeling of enough and satisfaction isn't always correlated to how much money is in your bank account or what your net worth is. That's right. Um, that's true. That's true. <laughs> and so much of it does come from those early childhood experiences. I'm really glad you um, mentioned that. And I would love to yeah. um, hear some more about your, your own money story and how it led you to doing this kind of work. Yeah. The, um, I actually was um, my own personal money story. I was raised by two very middle class parents. My mom was a bookkeeper. My dad was an auto mechanic. But the interesting thing was that even though I grew up very middle class, my parents didn't have what I consider poverty mentality. You know, my mother, they were always very grateful for what they had. They, they didn't live in that scarcity mindset. So when I look back on that now, I'm like, wow, that was pretty fascinating because they were always really able to provide so much more um, or I should say what they provided us was always disproportionate to what they earned. So they really were great manifestors. Um, and, you know, that's only, I'm only seeing that now from like decades beyond my childhood. Now when you can look from, you know, <laughs> you can look back in hindsight and see all of this. Um, so they definitely instilled in me more abundance mentality type things like trust and, um, and it wasn't all about money. So, I, I like to call myself a wealth coach because wealth to me is so much more than just money, right? It's having great health. It's also having great relationships. It's kind of the whole shebang. And, and then I married, I married a wonderful man like 30-some years ago, but he had grown up in a lot of scarcity, and he had a lot of scarcity around money, you know, very much lived in fear. And I understood where it came from, but... Um, that was that was also very telling and educational for me. Um, so uh, it's really helped me help clients because um, I, we ended up divorcing a couple of years ago. Um, but you know, just seeing how that view of fear of just not money, but other things too. So the emotions that come into play around things and how that impacts your health and impacts everything in your life is just really telling and. Um, so I've really been able to also help my clients kind of see, like, what were your beliefs around? Like, what did your parents say about money? How do they view wealthy people? Like, you know, a lot of my clients, the first thing they'll say is money didn't grow on trees. That was the first thing they said to me or as to what, they, what messages they heard from their parents. Um, can't afford that. You know, get a safe job. Um, um, be a good girl. You know, you hear all these programming messages. Um, and when I ask people what their parents thought about wealthy people, they'll say arrogant or selfish or not spiritual. So all of these things we don't realize are so embedded in our psyche. And we also, um, what, what causes a lot of the problems in our own money is the, um, 
not realizing that we have a lot of loyalty to our parents and to our tribe of origin. And so when we start to, you know, try to make more money, we try to be something more than our parents, many times we will self-sabotage because it just doesn't feel right because we have this really innate need to be loyal to the tribe. So um, that's been interesting to kind of see how it's impacted my own financial situation. And the reality is my ex-husband and I were really financially secure at a young age. So by 40, we had our houses paid off. We had education saved for the kids. We had our retirement pretty much saved for. Um, And it was kind of interesting because a lot of that resulted from just intuitive hits I would have about when to get in and out of the stock market. So kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. And and it really been, um, when I look back, it's been several key things have been, I've been fortunate enough to benefit from it was parents not having poverty mentality, right? It's with them, their mindset that I picked up um, and also being kind of paying attention to my intuition. So several things. I mean, that's probably a long answer to your question, but I hope I answered it. <laughs> you um, condensed your whole lifetime. of. <laughs> I did, yeah. That was pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's obviously a, a lot of layers right there. I, I there are. I highlighted your intuition um, and that feminine way of, of uh, leadership and uh, fascinating too that your mom was a bookkeeper and I'm curious did you get into the financial field pretty early on and what what brought you into that yeah you know that's one thing I look back sometimes and I'm like what made me just go into accounting <laughs> but mm-hmm. I, I didn't have like a particular passion in high school I was like kind of one of the kids that didn't know really what to do although I did have a strong affinity for math. I did like the reasoning part. So I liked accounting. My mother was a bookkeeper. Maybe there was something there because when all of my roommates in college were changing majors, I just stuck with the accounting. So there was something about it that I liked, um, got a sense of accomplishment from it. So yeah, it's kind of interesting. I can't even tell you why I ended up there, but it worked for so many years. Um, uh, Yeah, it just, I definitely Mm -hmm. had the left brain thing going on for a long time. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about how we how you balance that out with more the right brain, intuitive, emotional capacity that I've heard you mention. Like obviously you were working yeah. with clients and began to approach things differently. Tell me a little bit about what makes your approach unique and how you developed that. Yeah. Um well I it's not that one was, these weren't segmented careers, so to speak. So even though I had this very left-brain career, I was in the international tax field for a long time, um, part-time for a long time, too. When my kids were little, I went part-time. So I was in it for a long time, part-time, um, but always had this interest in personal growth and development. So as, as, as young as probably high school or in college, I was reading personal growth and transformation. So I think I was always you know, seeking to be better and just had this inner um, need to just inquire and learn how to be a better person, learn to be, like, fulfill my destiny kind of thing. Um, And so as I got older, though, and kind of transitioned into, you know, out of the tax field and into coaching and and owning a business, um, I would see a lot of people, uh, you know, looking at the the way that would obviously – their numbers were very telling. So even though um, they may seem like they had their act together, you would look at their numbers and it would be like, wow, there's a different story going on here. So the numbers for me now are just evidence that I use to dig, to dig further. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, anyway, so the, um, the as to what I do now is I use um, – I use different uh, aspects of trying to get people like financials and then digging a little deeper to see what the underlying issues are with respect to that. Um, yeah. Mm. Because the numbers, the numbers still, the numbers still tell a story. So there is that the numbers are still valid, <laughs> but um, there are patterns in money that are very indicative of um, 
traumas or things that have happened to people. So, for example, when someone feels stuck in their income, you know, they may make a certain a certain amount of money but can't seem to break that threshold. Most times, that's a result of a loyalty vow. So they're trying to get past a certain income level. They're trying to be something more than their parents, and it just doesn't feel comfortable. And so I had one client um, who had been making the same amount of money for like seven years, and she was always making around one twenty, one hundred twenty thousand a year. And she had three different businesses going on, so she no matter what she did to one, the others would adjust, so that she was never making more than one twenty. And when we dug a little deeper with her, it really came out that she had these loyalty vows to her parents. Um, and when you process that, um, you realize you can release the loyal, you can honor your parents by making more instead of being loyal to them and staying at the same level. Um, so that's one pattern that's pretty common. Um, if someone is in a feast or famine cycle with their money, so they make a lot of money, then they lose it or they don't seem to hold on to it. Um, you know, you'll see this a lot with like lottery winners, people that fall into money and then all of a sudden they've spent it all and they're penniless again, you know? Mm-hmm. And many, time, many times in that situation, they are in battle with someone. They're either in battle with parent, sometimes the battles with themselves. So there's usually a battle going on of some sort. Um, mm-hmm. People people that can't save at all, people that really struggle with saving any money. So they may make a lot, they may make great money, but have little to show for it. And typically people that have no savings or that really struggle with that um, usually have had some type of trauma that occurred early in their life that kind of rocked their safety and security. You know, parents may have divorced, they may have the death of a parent, there was something that shook their world early on. Um, and I see that time and time again. And that's pretty fascinating to, to make these correlations, right, and um, help people connect the dots as to why these patterns are um, showing up in their money. Because we, we all get the mind-body connection with health, but there's a mind-body connection with respect to your money too. So, um Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it is good work. I, you're like a detective mm. that's uh, <laughs> helping people uncover <laughs> their own self-sabotage. Yeah, it is like a PI, <laughs> PI work. <laughs> oh, gosh. So you've worked with so many people over the decades, and you've obviously seen some of these patterns and wondering if you'd like to, you know, a lot of people listening, maybe women entrepreneurs, um, and just curious if you'd like to speak to any of the kind of the most common struggles that you see women having with money. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I love the work you're doing around money with women specifically, just because I think women in general, you know, we're, um, we're just kind of really coming into our power in so many ways. And so, for a lot of women, there's still a lot of cultural um, expectations uh, around how we do things, how we manage our money, um, and it's sometimes very unconscious, very beneath the surface. It's not something we're even aware of, and I, I still think we carry this collective consciousness too of of not being as worthy as men, you know, of money. And I work a lot of women I work with. Um, you know, have this kind of insecurity or like feelings of worthiness or lack of worthiness when it comes to owning money. Like m- many of them will feel like, oh, if I had that much money, I would have to give it away. I would feel guilty about keeping it. And um, so lots of issues around that. And um, But the good news is I, there is this surge of energy that is occurring for all women. And um, I think just helping women identify some of this, making them realize that um, they play a pivotal role right now in not just their own finances, but in helping all women kind of kind of raise the collective consciousness of all women with respect to owning their power and everything, including their money. Um, realizing that, you know, everybody's in their right place at the right time. There's 
you're not you're not late, you're not slow, you're not you know, you're kind of where you're supposed to be with your own learning process um, for you personally and just for um, all women in general. So, um, yeah, just helping women realize that they have as much power as anybody to um, get control of their finances. What's interesting, too, is I find more and more, whether it's just, you know, I'm exposed to them more, but I'm meeting so many more women that are supporting their families. You know, they're the breadwinner. Um, so I find that very interesting. That I see a lot of families now where the mother does have the financial um, role, and you know the the, the man in the relationship um, is taking. You know, he's the caregiver now. So I think it's interesting. I think it's shifting, and um, women that are, women that are struggling with it still. There's so much. There's so much hope, and there's so many resources. Um, there's so much knowledge out there about the underlying issues of some of these money things that happen in your life. Um, you are where you are. So whether it's, um, you know, a conditioning of your past, that you something in your past you need to overcome, whether it's just one of your life lessons you're here to learn, there's so many reasons why you are where you are with respect to your finances. But um, I think there's never been a better time for women to kind of gain control of this and balance you know, balance their femininity with their masculine energy too. And I think you're seeing this played out in just all arenas, not just money. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, I I agree. There really is. Uh, I feel like we're reprioritizing, you know, as, as a nation, as a community of humans on the planet together with... <laughs> connected to all life, you know, what is most valuable? And and we saw this, you know, in Standing Rock as an example last year, um, just people taking a stand, like water is too valuable to let that go to be polluted for profit. And uh, yeah, (laughs) a lot of uh, (laughs) looking and in our own personal lives and how we balance family and, and work Mm -hmm. and really create, um, wealth and uh on all levels i I think Mm -hmm. that's really fascinating so i know you do some group programs as well and just wanted to talk for a little bit about you know why there is such power in discussing money uh together especially as Mm. women you know uh, obviously there's a lot of it's a very taboo topic and there's a lot of emotions Mm -hmm. that that come up so could you describe some of what you've seen when in, in your group programs when people are able to share um, about their money story and such? Yeah, that's, I have, um, I've, I've actually been shocked, actually, because I, I started a group at the beginning of January. Um, I call it my Money-Making Millionaire Mastermind, and we started in January. It's a year-long program, and at the beginning of the year, I thought, well, these people don't really know each other. A few knew each other. I had about 15 people in the group. Um, so I thought, well, I'll take it slow, right? And I'll, I'll introduce topics. I'll basically, you know, train and do teaching in the beginning um, because they didn't know each other, and I thought this would give them time to warm up to each other, get to know each other more, and then be more open. And I was shocked because they were open from the very first, <laughs> call it was it was just almost like floodgates were open and it, I was I was shocked at how vulnerable everyone was um, how open they were and that added so much um, so much rich, richness to the group because the more vulnerable everyone was it just created this kind of snowball effect because when one one person would share their what they struggle with or what their weaknesses were their challenges were people would so resonate with that. And I think that's, that's always been, um, you know, you see that with speakers or anything you're, anyone that you're talking to. The more vulnerable someone is, you know, and um, the more you resonate with other people. And so it's been so powerful to, like, have everyone share because we all learn from each other. We all resonate with the same things. So the interesting thing is that um, we help heal each other that way because as we share you know we maybe we're helping 
one person on the call with one issue, um, but it's healing everybody because almost everyone resonates with some aspect of that issue. Um, yeah, I absolutely love the group, um, the group programs and group coaching um, just because it's building relationships too, which is a big deal for me these days. As I get older, it's like all about community. <laughs> I need more girlfriends around. And um, the community aspect for me with other women is a big priority of my own life. Um, found it actually how powerful the groups are for healing. Um, and I hear it again and again from the members, like, oh, my God, that call was amazing. Uh, so-and-so resonated so much with me. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's different as we all are. We're all very much alike, too, and we all share the same kind of fears and securities. And, um, you know, in that sense, we're all very much alike. <laughs> mm-hmm. <So. laughs> right. I, I've seen the same thing in, in my group programs. There's like a visible relief, and sometimes it's tears and crying when people can, yeah. can finally <laughs> open up some of these secrets that they've just held on to for their whole mm-hmm. life that they've been so ashamed that they couldn't you know do the you know afford this when they were little or sometimes that they had so much money they didn't want anyone to know when they were kids and yeah, just, yeah. oh gosh it's just and you know what I've seen too is like the compassion and empathy that we, when we hear these real authentic stories um, on such a taboo subject that people can really uh, have greater compassion for themselves and, and for one another and, and just feel more connected, which is really what we need. Yeah. I think, I think people, I've, I've been also been surprised as how, at how, you know, when someone says something, it really can, bring more awareness to you too because it, it dredges up stuff that you totally forget about. Like you'll, you'll remember a memory from childhood or something that happened in your life that you just didn't remember until that second because someone brought up something that reminded you of it. So there is so much synergy in the group. You're right. Yeah. 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 It totally amplifies mm-hmm. each, each person's, mm-hmm. um, and and it takes courage. I really applaud all those people listening who have had the courage to do group um, healing or coaching work and uh, and really just uh, if you haven't before, just ha- yeah, just be willing to to get uncomfortable because that is where growth uh, really can happen. Don't you think? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's a never ending process, I've come to realize. You're never done peeling the onion. There's always more. <laughs> right, right. Yes, I agree. <laughs> oh, and and you know, it goes back generations too. I've had guests who are, you know, family constellation uh experts mm. and, and talking about yeah. the mother line and the lineage of yep. women who um, you know, have struggled with uh, being visible with their gifts, you know, that's a big one for entrepreneurs often who don't want to be seen and, and really the ways in which, uh, like you mentioned earlier, this claiming of this worthiness as women that we do have value and um, so much of the work that we do is on, um, you know, I'm a mother with two young kids, so I know it's uh, often unpaid and it feels unrecognized, yep. uh, this work of caretaking um yeah yeah yeah, you're you're so right and I also think that many times that uh, you mentioned the family constellation work because that's that's been powerful for me and I have a good friend here in Pittsburgh who's an expert in that area and um the idea that even many people that are in the coaching healing um worlds now had potentially been you know persecuted in past lives for what they were doing. Or I think that, I think there's a lot of that. Like some people really, um, it was it was they they struggled. They were punished for kind of speaking their truth and um, stepping out. So it's no wonder you have trouble owning your power. You know, because it was kind of painful. You have a bad cell memory of that. <laughs> Right, right. It's it's amazing to be in, in that kind of group field and, and see the truth that mm-hmm. comes up. Um, I think people mm-hmm. can dismiss it as woo-woo or what, and then you actually yeah. experience it. You're like, oh, there's 
Yeah, something to this unseen <laughs> field. <laughs> that's where my that's where my left brain credentials come in, so I can talk woo woo, and I don't <laughs> because I I because I am a CPA and a CFP, then um, I I feel like I have more license to talk that way than some people would be. <laughs> right, it's like that. At least, uh, at least my clients. <laughs> Totally. <laughs> it's a great um, yes way to uh, to uh, approach it and uh, appeal to both sides of someone's personality and brain. Maybe maybe that's the reason. Maybe that's the reason I did it in the first place to help ease me into this. Who knows? Right, right. It's so fascinating um, all the experiences we have, and then where they take us, and and how it's always the perfect thing. Um, so let's take a little break here and then when we come back uh, just talk a little bit more about um, you know shifting the money mindset from scarcity and and also any advice for people you have struggling to have like come more open conversations about money Um, so we'll be back in just a minute Do you get choked up and flushed talking about money? Don't let fear and shame stop you from sharing your value. Speak up, sister. Find out how to boost your financial communication skills at www.findyourmoneyvoice.com. Perhaps you're like Gwen, a budding creative entrepreneur who wants to provide for her family, but she has a tough time expressing her needs. She chronically undercharges and lays awake at night with money stress. With Crystal's Find Your Money Voice training, she found renewed confidence speaking her self-worth. Transform beliefs, behaviors, and skills with money. With greater clarity and focus, Gwen more confidently negotiated solid agreements and increased her business earnings with the trainings found at Find Your Money Voice. We are back with guest Kimberly Adams and uh, love her approach of both right-brained and left-brained spiritual and analytical uh, approach to getting more empowered with money. And uh, it's, it's so true because money is this, uh, Essentially, it's an agreement, and it has um, many layers to it. It it really is a specific, measurable, tangible uh, thing that can be exchanged, and and it's also energy. And some people say money is love, and and so that both are true. It's a very uh, powerful portal for self-awareness and for greater um, transformation of our our own beliefs and and behaviors. And so let's see, I think I'd love to hear just a little bit more about the approach. Well, you've talked to so many people about money, probably thousands of hours, I can imagine, over your career of um, talking about money. So, so many people struggle with this. It's uncomfortable. They get emotional, whether it's with their husband, their parents or children, you know, or their boss um, or potential clients. I mean, those, we can all imagine uncomfortable scenarios talking about money. So would love to hear your advice on how people can have um, more clear, productive money conversations. Uh, okay, Crystal. Um, I think one of the biggest, um, one of the most beneficial things that you can do around money, about the emotions you have around money, um, is really to understand that uh, processing processing your own emotions around things is really crucial. And so, one of the um, one of the main things that I help clients with is I take them through different processes, right? So I help them identify their thoughts, um, their beliefs, and any potential underlying traumas 
um, around specific areas of money. So one of the first things and one of the best things you can do is really think about your savings. Think about your debt amount. Think about how much you make. Think about what your income is. And, you know, list the top feelings that come to mind when you think about that, those areas. Um, when we talk about abundance and prosperity, um, a lot of those typical law of attraction words, which I love. I'm a law of attraction junkie like a lot of people. But those words aren't very triggering um, when we talk about abundance and, and prosperity. But if I, when I ask clients or if I would ask you, write down how much you have in savings right now. Write down your debt amount. Write down how much you're earning annually. And then give me the feelings that come up around those. You know, it's much more triggering to people. Um, a lot of the common emotions that come up are fear, anxiety, you know. Um, uh, some, there's a lot of times I get positive ones about one of the first things I do with clients is really take them through this money map where I can identify where the trouble area is. So they may be happy about certain aspects of their money. They may be happy that they don't have a lot of debt. They really might be upset that they aren't earning what they feel like they should. So but connecting, first of all, with the underlying emotions that you have, connecting with the underlying thought, like what's the main thought that runs through your head when you think about your income or when you think about your savings? Um, because your thoughts do, you know, thoughts become things. So your thoughts matter. Um, the, the particular feelings you have about those aspects of money really matter. And so a large part of my work is helping people process their emotions. I use a couple different techniques to help people kind of process emotions. I use EFT or commonly referred to tapping. I use something called the peace process, which is basically finding the emotion in your body and then being present with it because our emotions typically are in our body somewhere. Um, I also help people balance polarities, um, which is kind of an advanced technique on balancing the opposite of um, certain polarities, like abundance versus lack, tyrant versus victim. So there's different techniques I use. But um, does that answer your question, or is that probably a long-winded answer to what you asked me? <laughs> but Oh, that's great. Um, yeah, it it <laughs> makes sense. You know, you got to uh, shift the inner uh, feeling before – engaging yeah. with someone and be aware of what triggers you and what's most important and all yeah. of that. Totally. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, that is, uh, you know, just, just thinking about all of the ways in which money is so it's like the air that we breathe. We're probably using it every day and yet uh, so many people are just kind of on autopilot with it and just, you know, have their self-imposed limitations of what they're willing to receive and all of right. these uh, emotions that are triggered around it. Um, and yeah. yeah, I think that, um, I think a lot of people, um, well, I think you have to understand the difference between, you know, living in, you know, lack and scarcity versus living in abundance. So it really is a mindset. Um, you know, lack or scarcity, kind of um, the belief that the pie is limited so that if someone has more, you have to have less and vice versa. Um, but really getting to a place that you realize there is an unlimited amount of resources and that you can have more and so can someone else, that there's there's no limit. And so coming from a different place where you do, like you mentioned earlier, money is energy. And so a lot of times when I make buying decisions now, it's based on really an energetic, you know, thing versus the cost of something. Like if I really am in love with something, you know, there is a, there's a fine line here between um, overspending and that's, that, that can, that can be an issue in and of, in and of itself. But, you know, Barring that, assuming that you have the money to afford things and you aren't totally living outside of your means, you know, spending money is really an energy thing. So buying something because you love it and it's not on sale is better than buying something you don't like just because it's on the bargain rack. 
if you understand what I'm saying. Um, mm-hmm. And I run, in, I run into whether it's just people that I've run into in my life or just people that are, like, so conscious on the saving aspect of it versus making more. Like, they're so focused on the lack, right? They have to have a coupon. They're, they spend so much energy in trying to save money or save a few pennies um, mm-hmm. instead, of, instead of trying to create more revenues of, of money or create more. Um, so there's all these different mentalities that come into play and different mindsets that come into play too. But a lot of that, again, is driven by – a lot of it's driven from early childhood. Not all – um, like I said, there's different reasons why you are where you are. Um, sometimes you just come in, I feel like you incarnate on planet Earth for certain lessons and things. So maybe you're here to experience lack and overcome it. But, but so much of what I've seen with my clients is that learning to set pretty early on in childhood. So much of that is a lot of what I do is work with clients on making them aware of that. Um, and it's only an issue if you want something different that, um, you know, you're not getting or you're having trouble manifesting. But mm-hmm. it really does become an inner, like our, you know, our inner, our outer physical world is really a projection of our inner game. So the more we can just, and it's so much easier to just work on yourself and let it unfold in the physical world than it is mm-hmm. to try to be in your left brain sometimes, trying to figure things out in your limited mind. So, um, yeah. <laughs> right. Both are necessary. It's uh, the feminine and masculine approach, you know, just to yep. be open to magnetically receiving as the feminine approach does need to be balanced with the masculine willing to take action and set goals and all those things. That's right. As well. <laughs> That's right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've seen, because my uh, my background, I'm an economist, and uh, just have seen how the scarcity really is um, programmed into the very system of how money is created as debt, and just mm, this yep. way in which there is never actually enough to repay all the loans, and oh, right. <laughs> it leads, it's That's right. crazy, and so it leads to this... Uh, competition and and really money really controls a lot of human behavior in the way that yeah you know we are taught about it and and simultaneously not taught the basics of money management in school and given debt and it's just we're seeing that millennials now burdened with huge student loan debt and um so mm, i think they're really true. is important to acknowledge that systemic level of uh, dare I say mm-hmm. dysfunction <laughs> and uh, yeah and that's very true. so many people internalize it right they're like there's something mm-hmm. wrong with me why am I not the you know a millionaire yet and and we yeah. really aggrandize that kind of financial wealth and yet you know mm-hmm. there is a kind of uh, scarcity within the system as well it's a very interesting perspective um and you mentioned the whole idea about managing money. Um, that is also very much something that you um, you will pick up from your parents too. Like my mother managed our family's money. So to me it was like no big deal that I did it, right? And I was like an accountant anyway, so it kind of made sense. But I've seen so many clients where, you know, the parents were irresponsible with money, didn't teach their kids how to be responsible with it, and it just kind of – you know, carries on in the lineage, right? <laughs> um, yeah. And we don't teach it in school, right? So it's it's more, uh, there's so many things we don't teach in school that are like life skills. Like we teach a lot of things you don't need in school. And and we don't teach a lot of things they do, the people, the students do need. Uh, and I've always been big on that. Like I'm going to create my own school some someday with like personal growth stuff, money management stuff, <laughs> all the stuff you, how to buy a car, how to buy a house, all the things you actually do need. <laughs> right. And how to communicate with people and deal with your how emotions. How to communicate. Yeah. It's important. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, um, I, let's see. So curious, you know, what, what else you would like to share with people who may be struggling, um, 
with their finances in some way. Um, yeah, if there's, uh, yeah. you mentioned that practice of writing things down, if there's any other advice or practice that you'd like to share. Um, well, you mentioned goals too. So I, I'm big on um, helping people create a vision. First of all, is to create a financial plan, create a vision of where you want to be financially, um, but also to connect with the underlying reason of why you want something, the underlying feeling. Most of our desires in life, or most of really any, any desire we have is a desire for a feeling. We want to feel safe. We want to feel secure. We want to feel loved. Um, we want to feel worthy, uh, valid. You know, so when you list goals, including financial goals, list the underlying, the essence of why you want it, the underlying feeling. Um, and then connect with that feeling first. So you will attract what you want by connecting and, and, and reaching that feeling first. So find ways to feel secure now. Find ways to feel love now. Um, the other thing is to um, um, really look at, um, yeah, your, I help people connect with their emotions and their inner game around money, their thoughts, their beliefs, their feelings around it. Um, but also having someone just sit down with you too. Get a financial person to sit down with you and actually interpret the numbers for you and look at what you are actually, you know, what's manifesting in your numbers because there are patterns in numbers. Um, numbers are a tangible uh, manifestation of other things. And so um, understanding that connection is just um, kind of a big, can be a big aha for people. Um, so getting someone to help look at what you've got, because I'm always surprised at, to me, it's common sense, right, because I've been in the field for so long, uh, and that's really any expert. It's hard to go back to not knowing anything in that field when you've been in it for, when you've, you know, been in it for decades. Um, but I'm always amazed at the basic things that people don't know about their money. So getting educated, um, one of the best books out there specifically for women with respect to hardcore financial information um, are David Bach's books, Rich Women, Rich Women, no, Smart Women Finish Rich, had the title messed up, Mm. Smart Women Finish Rich. Have you ever heard of that book? I haven't, no. No, it's really good. David Bach, B-A-C-H is the author, and he has a whole series of them, but that's he started writing, that was his first book, Smart Women Finish Rich. Um, and he wrote that book because women in his life that just weren't doing it financially, right? They were not where they should have been. Um, and so he wrote the book really for the women in his life, uh, his mother, grandmother. Um, but it's a great book. Very, um, It's got the hardcore financial information in it, so it helps helps you appreciate the power of compounding, how you don't have to make a lot of money to create wealth. It's by starting young. I mean, the charts in there will blow your socks off. Um, Someone starting young um, will make more by just saving for a few years than someone will make starting at like, you know, mid-20s and saving till they retire. It's fascinating. The effect of Mm -hmm. compounding, the effect of tax deferral, how much you can save just by deferring taxes, and that's by investing in your 401k, by investing in, like, tax-favored retirement um, vehicles. Um, so there's a lot. That book is really great on hardcore financial stuff. And he does get into some, you know, um, non-financial stuff like emotions around things and why you really want things. Um, so I highly recommend his work. <laughs> um, yeah, very good. And one of the best books um, – I'm writing my own this year called Mystical Money. <laughs> but oh, there's another nice. book that's out there that's very good called Creating Money. And it's, uh, it's by Sinea Roman and Dwayne Packer. And um, these two actually are, um, they actually uh, are part of an organization called Luminescence. And I've actually gone through meditation courses that they offer and I'm now starting to teach it myself because I'm big on meditation too for creating, kind of connecting to your higher self. Meditation, if there was one tool I had to give anybody on planet Earth, it would be to meditate because I feel mm-hmm. like it helps you get out of your ego, get out of your left brain and really connect with you know, your higher self 
really helps you connect with your true essence um, and helps you then kind of translate that into the actual physical world. So um, anyway, Creating Money by Dwayne Packer and Sinea Roman um, is really more on the um, magnetizing wealth and meditations for manifesting wealth. There's lots of exercises in the book on creating goals. It's not the hardcore financial stuff. It's more the other way, but really Mm. good on um, helping people. So those two books are really good to focus on. Um, And then there there isn't as much awareness about the whole mind, body, money thing and body health awareness, but there are more and more people that are, you know, connecting the dots. And so the work that I've been doing um, has been really profound for my clients and helping them understand just connecting the dots between their inner game and their um, actual money situation, helping them get to more of a, an abundance mentality about money. Uh, not It's really a lot of it comes down to just releasing fear and anxiety. I mean, those two emotions um, really extrapolate into a lot of anxiety with respect to money, fear about money, fear about spending it, uh, fear of losing it, and you mentioned earlier, people with money have money problems too. So it's not just people without money that have. Everybody's got their money story and everybody has money issues um, because underlying the money issues are usually fears and anxieties and emotions that need process. So. Yes. I love the yeah. title of the book you're working on, Mystical Money. Mystical Do you want to tell money. us anything about that? Well, it's actually going to be um, – uh, I think I'm debating on a couple of subtitles, but I'm going to call it the mystical money, the universal currency for creating wealth and abundance. And book is really going to be walking people through the processes I take people through to help them work through their money. So it's going to have a lot of links to videos and worksheets and, um, you know, things that people can access on my site. So I want to make it interesting with stories, but I also want it to be almost like a workbook type of thing, too, that they can work through at their at their own pace. Um, yeah, so I'm pretty excited about it. My goal is to have it in final draft form by end of the year. <laughs> Excellent. So, That's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Thanks. Yes, you've certainly had a lifetime of experience. It's great to, <laughs> yeah, to see it coming to uh, be of service to so many people. Um, I'm, yeah, I, thanks. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, I see on your website, too, just, uh, you say discover your unique wealth DNA, and you have this quiz. Could you tell people a little bit more about that? Yeah, I, I created this quiz because I wanted to help people kind of identify, like, where they were on the spectrum. Like, where is your mindset now? You know, what is your wealth, almost like your wealth attraction factor now? Um, and so the quiz is a combination. It's uh, 20 questions that helps you kind of kind of gauge yourself on um, where you are on the wealth attraction factor. And then, you know, um, it's, a, it's a free, so, you know, the opt-in is free for it. And, um, and it's, when someone takes the quiz, then I have several different emails that follow that um, that actually walk them through, you know, ways to increase their abundance, way to, way, ways to move from, like, scarcity into abundance. Um, I write about a lot of the underlying issues with respect to specific aspects of money. So, yeah, it's a great way to kind of see where you are. Um, and then in conjunction with that, you'll get a lot of information on just how to move into more, yeah, how to increase your quotient <laughs> for increasing wealth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. That is great. Love it. <laughs> Thanks, Crystal. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And so uh, if people are interested, they can find that at uh, www.createtotalwealth.com. And I uh, really recommend taking that quiz and checking that out. Um, because like uh, Kimberly said, we are all very unique and yet there are some commonalities and uh, and different flavors to the way that we uh, interact with, with money. And uh, I'd just like to open these last few minutes if there's anything else you'd like to share with our audience. 
Um, yeah, there's one other thing that I am big on, and it's, um, you know, in conjunction with, you know, releasing emotions and releasing fears with respect to money. I mean, definitely money is kind of the focus of, of my work. But I also, I'm big on helping people just connect with their joy, too. And I think the more that we can connect with re- what really makes us happy and spend more time doing that, um, it helps everything, including your money situation. Because the more time you can spend kind of in your bliss, you know, do what you love to do. And even if you have a job that you don't like, you can increase the amount of time you're spending each day doing what you love to do because there's something magical about that too that helps you to attract what you want, including money. Um, so part of my goal when I work with my own clients is just helping them you know, increase the percentage of the hours each day they spend doing what they love to do. Um, and I'm not saying quit your job if you have a job, but if you're not totally happy with what you're doing throughout your day, not to chuck it all, but just to increase what you do each day because life is too short. You're here to have a good time too and live in joy. And I really think that a lot of times when people are financially stressed or spend a lot of energy and time worrying about their money, they're really missing out on the bigger aspect of life too and not really not having enough fun. <laughs> so I'm big on having fun. But magnetism and even just a manifesting perspective, it's really good to have, you know, fun and enjoy your life. So spend more time in your joy. That's my final message. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yes. That's so important for people to soak that in. And I just encourage listeners here to um, maybe write down, you know, three things that you really love doing and schedule some time in, in this coming week to make those a priority because our culture is so um, fixated on success equals, you know, accumulating more money and that financial goal being the, the end all leaves a lot of people feeling dissatisfied. And, you know, um, I, you don't hear people on their deathbed, you know, saying that they wish they had made more money. I mean, it's like that's true, really, very true. <laughs> it's things like I wish I had more quality time with so and so, and you know, went to this place. Yeah. And so really, yeah, that's great advice to really look at the quality of life and and know that that then you know, feeds your soul and allows greater creativity. And, you know, so many people that we've probably both heard this belief of you got to work hard to make money. And that's, and. Oh, that, yeah. That's a big one. I forgot that. That, that Protestant work ethic is really deep seated. <laughs> yeah. And it drives so many people to exhaustion and ruins their marriages and just yep. for what, you know, the, we, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So I think I, I think I, one of the things too is you you want money so you have to be very clear about what that money will do for you because sometimes when you list what the money would do for you, you know, you have it and don't even realize it. And so getting really clear on what your values are as opposed to what culture says your values are <laughs> is mm-hmm. um is really important uh, because it isn't all about money. <laughs> it's about mm-hmm. uh, what money will do for you or what it buys, you know. Yes, that was such wise advice there and that making that list, reminding people to look at not only their financial goals, but the reason why. And, uh, and like mm-hmm. you said, there's often so many other ways we can um, meet those goals in addition to with money. Um, Well, I love your unique and uh, refreshing perspective, uh, Kimberly, just um, so grateful that you are, uh, you know, uh, a leader in this field, that you've had the experience and time in in the corporate financial world and, and now coming to be an entrepreneur and really supporting other women, uh, especially to hear, you know, manifest their dreams and um, to really bring forth their gifts and and create the the lifestyle and the freedom and, and joy that um, that they really are worthy of. So, thank yeah. you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, Crystal, thank you so much for letting me share, having the opportunity to share 
what I'm doing, but also for what uh, what you're doing too. So um, I feel like it's amazing work, and I'm grateful you're doing what you're doing too, because <laughs> it's allowing opportunities for us to share, you know, get our message out, and um, you're providing a great service for women too. Love it. Oh, yes. My pleasure. It is uh, a bigger story to be heard. And as we both know, you know, sharing our money stories opens the space mm-hmm. for for healing and, and transformation. And uh, so pleased for this time together today and encourage all the listeners to, uh, to do something that brings you joy today, even if for a short time, just um, prioritize yourself and and that is our our um, invitation to you. All right. Thank you, Kimberly. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give us is to subscribe to the show and rate and review our podcast at iTunes. Be sure to visit www.moneymorphosis.com. That's money dash M-O-R-P-H-O-S-I-S dot com to join the growing community of empowered women who are dedicated to creating the true wealth they deserve.